We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking a lot of college football. It's championship weekend, and we're going to do some spitball and then our games of the week for NFL week, whatever the hell it is. I forgot, so stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back with your voice, or did you leave that somewhere else? What's up? Yeah, no, nah, I'm lit. Yeah, voice? I'm getting really good at screaming because I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Oh, yes. please, enough, <laughs> enough, enough. Yeah, yes. let's not talk about it because we can talk about it all day. But I will say that I was playing earlier today and got so upset that I shut my Xbox off and put my I face was in, in that game. I put my face in the pillow and screamed as loud as I could. Yo, that game I went five and eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> he got off. Uh, Someone else got off. I did. I you did. did. I, I was right two and fifteen. Yes. I started out the match two and zero. Oh. Real quick, because we've talked a lot about Call of Duty in the past. By the <laughs> way, I am back. Thanks for waiting about an hour and fifty-eight minutes to mention that I was on last. <laughs> I got episode. you though. Thanks, I Tim. You, I appreciate yeah, I got you, Nick. holding me down. Uh, <laughs> n- every little thing when you're going negative in Call oh. of Duty upsets you. It all oh goes God. wrong. My dog comes in. I'm like, Jazz, get, what are you doing? And she's just like laying <laughs> on my bed, like nothing. You know, nothing upsets you more than yeah, that. Yeah, no. It's you take terrible. it out on anything and say, yeah. I literally was screaming. Remember, I was screaming at Xbox at the time. Who is texting me right now? Leave <laughs> <laughs> me alone. Someone called me, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Please. Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to move on, because I can tell a story about yeah. Keith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, so I uh, I came up with this idea. Um. I was, uh, you know me, big league pass guy. NBA League Pass. I was watching uh, the 76ers were playing the Utah Jazz. And something happened in that game. And it made me just... This kind of inspired this uh, idea. So, Joel Embiid is known for being injury prone, you could say. he's. I think he's recently just played, I think, 50 games in his career. And it got me thinking, if you guys can use a power-up, right? An imaginary power-up that guaranteed 
a player that you're just a fan of full health the rest of his career. Meaning the only time he's going to miss games is for rest. This team clinched their playoff position. Mm. So a guy that you're just a fan of and then a guy that's on your team that you would wish good health for because what happened in this game was Donovan Mitchell, the uh, young rookie guard that the Utah Jazz had, he uh, got blocked at the rim. And Embiid, like, got in his face, was, like, clapping and shit. And then Donovan Mitchell pushed him to the ground. And Embiid soccer flopped onto the ground, starts grabbing his knee. The crowd in, in Philly is like, oh, my God, he's down. And then he started laughing. On the ground, he tees up Donovan Mitchell, then gets back into his face and is clapping. He's doing the raise the roof, get loud to the fans. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this guy is, like, the best baby face in all of sports. Like, everyone loves him. So it got me thinking, like, yo, he's not the guy I'm picking, but I just want to say Embiid inspired this. So... What do you guys think? Who's the guy on one of your teams that you wish full health for? On one of my teams, no-brainer, it's John Tavares. Yo, he went down, was it three years ago now, 2014, in the Olympics in Sochi in the quarterfinals. He tore his MCL and his meniscus, and he missed the rest of the year. And needless to say, the Islanders sucked and didn't make the playoffs. And that moment of time three years ago was like, prepare me for now because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, if we're playing this game, I want to throw my own little twist into it. I'd offer him full health for him to sign long term. <laughs> swear to God, I would. I would Just offer him black yeah, anything. I would offer. It. I think, in my opinion, I swear he's the best athlete in New York hmm. right it's, now. It's he's the praise. best athlete in New York. I think. And okay. I don't know. I, I I want him healthy. He's a star. Like he he alone bought the Islanders their first series win in the playoffs in my lifetime which is pathetic that's how bad of a franchise they were before he came and he's been here since 2009 eight years so he he could up and leave and I mean I wouldn't knock him because we haven't done much to make him stay but full health and a lot of money I would plead that he stayed mm. what do you got Tim I'm gonna keep it orange and blue I'm gonna go Noah Syndergaard for mm. the Mets. I think. Uh, I think he's also a good candidate for if you're just like a baseball fan. Yeah, yeah right. Dude is fun to watch. Cy Young candidate. If you're keeping healthy. him healthy all year, then you don't have to worry about pitch counts. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about limits. You got a guy up there who's just a mammoth human being throwing 101 fucking in your face mm -hmm. all year. You don't got to worry about any of that. I know Syndergaard is, is clearly... And you saw what happened to the Mets when he got hurt this year. They didn't have a stopper like they should. Degrom's a good. A good pitcher, but he's like a one B. He's not a one A. So I think Noah Syndergaard is a one double A, and he's he's the guy, man. He's I want to see him throwing that one oh one fastball by people for all my years to come. Those blonde locks, those luscious blonde cut locks. Him. He cut him. Yeah, bro. Yeah, he cut the locks. I haven't I haven't seen a picture right of him lately. Right after the season, he did it. Wow. No, no, that was the Grom. Oh, the yeah, that was the ground. Yeah, I was the gonna ground say cut that. the locks. Yeah. The ground's been growing those locks for like three years. Mm. The ground cut the locks. Yeah, the ground cut, cut the locks. Cut the locks. Yo, Noah Syndergaard's girlfriend, by the way, she's all right. Annoying as fuck on Instagram. I have to give her the unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't close on Joe? Uh, Athlete? Well, mine is easy. It's going to be Odell Beckham. Look at our fucking yeah. team right now in shambles. This guy. Mm. If... It, oh, forget about it now every time i'm just gonna be thinking about it. every time he catches a pass and he goes down you're like no what? like I'm, I'm assuming everyone in uh new england every time gronk catches a ball and someone tackles them they're like wait 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 they don't <laughs> want him to go down and I, i'm just gonna feel that way about odell beckham but i mean he's i would argue he's the best athlete in new york but yo real quick impy has the 10th pick odell's on the board is he taking him next year 
you know, Impy, if you if you sprain an ankle, nah, B, I can't do it. Yeah, he's injury prone. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Injury prone. Person gets one injury in their career, like tweak their ankle, miss a game. It's like, yo, he gets injured. Yeah, though. honestly, I'm taking Odell before the tenth pick. So if you don't got to stretch that, <laughs> yeah, like, easily, easily, easily. Yo, I'm gonna go with Kristaps. Uh, mm. For sure. Christoph. Christoph Porzingis. I mean, I, I got home. I, was it yesterday? Was it Wednesday night? Yeah, Last it was night. Wednesday night. I turned on the Nick game, and lo and behold, second minute of me watching, his ankle, like his ankle bone, I put it on the Instagram, veterans, minim, veterans underscore minimum, cheap plug. His ankle bone, like, hit the ground, which is the craziest thing I've seen. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was bad. Oh, my God. What a terrible 24-hour stretch as a sports fan I just experienced. And then, lo and behold, he came back in. And, uh, yeah, I think Porzingis, man. He yep. is – There's not. I, I've said this before. I think Giannis is the only other guy I'd take over him right now for the next decade in the NBA. Dude is the truth. I think every boner in New York went <laughs> as yeah. soon as they saw that. <laughs> like any- Everyone's rock hard watching the next play. <laughs> So far, so good with the Knicks, man. Boner inducing, except for on the except for on the road. Yeah, except on the road. Right, yeah, right. but holding. I think they have. They're tied for the most wins at home. They are they're holding they have it down. One win on Gar- the road. Yeah, Garden they're swag. one and six on the road. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. They're also the Hawks on the road. That's the sign of a young, up and coming team, though. Good, at, good at home because they feed off the crowd's energy, and then they gotta get on the low on the road. It's coming. It's coming. LeBron, twenty seventeen. Well, 18, sorry, 2018. You, you want to talk about boners. LeBron <laughs> got a yeah. semi right now. Yo, let me tell you something. If LeBron comes to New York, all I'm saying, if he wins a championship in New York, he'll be the that, greatest Nick of all time. He definitely plays with God. He would be a god of the world. I'm going to, so I'll say a guy that I'm just a fan of and I love, and this isn't going to come to a surprise to you guys and everyone that listens Andrew Luck. Mm. I've uh, confessed my love for Andrew Luck and how I originally bought all the stock on him. I haven't sold stock on Andrew Luck. I think this guy has been holding down the Indianapolis Colts despite having one of the worst rosters in football and a very incompetent owner and head coach and GM prior to the one that they got now over from Chris Ballard from the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm going with Andrew Luck if I could pick a guy for the next decade to have full health. I would be Derrick Rose. Mm. I mean, we Yo, just, I would have loved to see more Derrick Rose. The last two years, we've seen like all oh, he's gone through. He's left the game twice now. It's the second time, and now he's just thinking about his career and every, his life going forward, if basketball is really right for him after all he's gone through with injuries and shit. It's tough to see because, like we talked about before we started recording, he's the youngest MVP ever, and his bounce was just crazy. Like His whole game was different than it is now. Now he's like a shell of himself compared to what he was you know, four or five years ago. And it's tough to watch, man. Like, Derrick Rose, it's crazy because he, I feel like, was one of the first highly talked about guys where they wondered where his contract would get to and his free agency just hit in 2017, the 2017 offseason this past year. And he signed for the veterans minimum. Mm-hmm. With, yeah. Bars. The VM, that's what he signed for. And it's crazy to see how how much injuries killed that guy in a short span of time. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Really fucked up. Really, really bad. Bro, he's not even 30 yet. He's 29. Yeah. You look at some other guys that are 29, they're like in their athletic primes. Your athletic prime as a basketball player, they say, is 27 to 33. That's when you're like at your all-time best. Just think about some of the guys that haven't hit that age yet, how crazy it is, like Porzingis, Carl Anthony Towns, Giannis. I could go on and on. But, yeah, it's very unfortunate for him. Uh, I'm gonna go with John Carlos Stanton. John Carlos Stanton ha- is gonna be traded from the Marlins, so I don't have to. I don't have to worry about him in the NL East anymore. See you later. Uh, and I wanted to stay healthy forever. I really like 
Oh, this kid's fucking bending Sorry. a light. What are you doing? It's a bendy lighter. I want to bend it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know who I don't want to bend anything? Giancarlo Stanton, because I don't want him to get hurt anymore. He got one. He has one full, really healthy year. It's this year, and he wins the MVP. By the way, you you cash the ticket. Yo, I was going right? to say. I think you you wrote it that time when you won MVP. How? What did I say? He was going to have fifty-eight home runs, or no? I said some. Oh, I was yeah, like, yo, was a dark horse week. candidate to win MVP if he stays healthy is Giancarlo. Yeah. And then he ended up winning MVP, but I was off by like two home runs. Yeah, that was crazy. You didn't have a ticket? I thought you I thought you bet that. No, I bet Arenado. Mm. But Marlins uh, Up was the over two years ago, which we cashed uh, on. Oh, right, right, right. Gotta learn to a lot of it. So uh yeah, I think it's it's that it's him because I think that if he stays healthy, he could really challenge for the home run title. And I think you can't say that John Carl Carl Stanton is on steroids, I think you'd be foolish to say that. And By he's the home run title, I mean all time, like all time record. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about single season. I'm talking about oh. 71. Oh, okay. I'm I'm talking about 74. I'm talking about. I think this guy could hit 80 if he's in the right ballpark. I really do. I think Damn, that he's so deep. One every other game. Yo, you gotta understand. He's hitting mammoth blasts outside of Miami. Miami is the one of the hardest ballparks to hit home runs in, and he hit 58 of them. It's fucking ridiculous. And imagine if he was in Yankee Stadium and his pop ups. Ten of his pop-ups Bro, went out. He's not a right. He's not a lefty. So what? It's only four more feet the other way. It's like nah, just because it's, it's a totally short porch. It's, it's a just Bro, a little down bit the lines less short. in baseball or down the lines. Like there's not nah, not in Miami. Miami Miami's tough to hit a home run out of, and he doesn't even hit him down the lines. He hit him. He hits him right up the middle. Yeah, he hits him in Death Valley and left center. Or shit. if he played for forget if he went to like Colorado or something, forget about it. Oh, uh, 187 home runs. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, I want to see him. I want to see him break the record. I want to see him clean up baseball a little bit. Baseball will never be what it was until so, until all these records are held by a clean guy. So mm. I, I hope that he cleans them up. Word. My guy, got? my guy isn't like injury prone or anything. My guy's Josh Gordon. <laughs> if you're not on the field, you're injured in my eyes. Okay, but this guy, I wish we could have just seen more of him. Unfortunately, he had he was struggling with like addiction with like the drugs that he was doing or whatever, but. Dude, Josh Gordon, just like phenomenal athlete, just like. Yo, I had to watch a Josh Gordon highlight tape because he's active this week for the first time in what two and a half years, three years. Yeah. And uh, dude, yo, he's like, he looks like the corners because corners are typically smaller, like five ten, six foot. Yo, he looks like he's six seven, like two twenty five, chiseled, he's huge. and just like an Olympic sprinter. He runs. He looks like Usain Bolt. That's what he looks like to me. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how how is this guy guardable? Only 26, entering his prime. I was watching a play when they played the Pats a couple years ago where he was like, he caught like a, a drag or a slant kind of thing. And uh, he just like stiff arms to leave once and just took He's gone. to the house. He was out. Bro, he led the NFL in yards in 2013. With Jason Campbell and Brandon Whedon. And he missed the first two games of the year. Come on, son. All my fancy teams, that, by Those the were the highlights I was watching, by the way. It was, it like, was just, you did have Josh Gordon that year, remember? I no, took he, him. He led, yeah, the he led the Browns to five wins. That's basically <laughs> a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> he led them to five wins. It's basically the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, dude, I would love. I, I want to see more Josh Gordon. I'm glad he's Yo, back. I hope he could stay back. Last pass he caught a, from a quarterback was from who? I don't know. Manziel. Was it? Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even what know a combo. that. Yo, in 35 career games, <laughs> what a combo. Yeah, Yo, that's... 35 career games, 32 starts, 161 catches. 2,754 yards, 14 touchdowns. That's in, in how many games? In, in in two seasons, 32 starts in two seasons. Here's a question. So you're looking at like 80 catches, 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns a year. That's a top two-round draft Quick pick. question. On the Browns, by the way. Right now, 
You have to draft a fantasy team for next year. What round are you taking Josh Gordon in? Uh, he, we talked about this too. He's sober now, so it's. I don't know how he's gonna play sober. Yeah, he like says that, he never played a game sober. Exactly. His life. So doing a lot of things. I mean, I mean, how many things? I've played sports drunk before, like in the park, and you're terrible. So like, it, it's got to be drunk at the park. Yo, <laughs> I was watching the NCAA tournament one time. I went to the park. That's one thing I, I, I would never do. Like get fucked up before I play sports. No, yeah, I can't. I dude, can't do dude if I was an if I was an owner and like Josh Gordon just like came back and shit the bed, I'd be like, oh, can you you know spark it up a little bit? We need, <laughs> we need some production, man. We gotta do wow, something over here. Yeah, addiction. It's nah, I, I know, I know, it's terrible, bro. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, that's bad foul. My no, man's getting no, fourteen hundred yards a year. Like, come you on. don't think Adderall is a drug? Like, you like, do you count that as being? Is well, that enhances performance. Well, that's the thing that with the Seattle Seahawks, but they we, always get bagged. Like, all their guys have gotten suspended or have been Adderall? accused of being Adderall users. Well, Richard Sherman went to Stanford, so you know he was doing Adderall. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't to go Adderall. to Stanford without Adderall. Uh, Doug Baldwin yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to see more Josh Gordon. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about college football. Massive shit is heating up. She's La- on fire. It's not heating up. Last week was a Fuego. huge week. Now we got a massive week also. Oh yeah, huge. And yo, it, it was what you always said about college football: how the urgency, where every game means something now, mm-hmm. and especially as you get closer to this time of year, the conference championship games and championship week, as you said. These games are just huge. There's so much riding on these games. Yo, losses hurt more. Like Nick, you said like this uh, this late in the season. Bama, uh, Georgia, Miami, and Ohio State have all lost within the month, and the top four teams in the playoffs haven't lost in a month plus. I was gonna say like this is the first season I remember in a long time where there's a giant upset at least once every week. Like at least once every week, you look at the you're like, what the fuck? That team lost. Well, it was what I was saying when the it. first when the first uh, playoff rankings were re- revealed. I said how you know if you're a fan of these teams and you haven't seen them in these first four rankings, don't be discouraged because every year since they started doing this, they've had teams that weren't featured in the in the top four. A team made that some years has been two teams, and now you see that now it's been a total just chaos. Yo, breaking news real quick: the Browns officially activate Josh Gordon. <laughs> it's real. He might go on my fucking lineup. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, I prefer four. Corey Coleman, but that's another topic for another day. I yeah. have him too, man. Well, it depends who Casey Hayward is going to draw. True. Probably yeah. Gordon. Mm, yeah. Dude, I don't give a fuck. You know what? 4,100 on draft. I might just do it because he won me so many games. I had him like two years in a row. He won me so many games. I traded AB for him one year. Wow. To old Dirt McGurk. <laughs> that was a desperation move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we said, uh, Alabama lost to Auburn last week. So there's just like, you know, a lot of things that could happen. Right now, the, the top four is Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin uh, in that order. But I kind of wanted to know, like, this week, there's, we got big games. We got championship games. Um, wh- like, what what could happen that could completely throw off the committee here? I think if Ohio State wins. I think if Ohio State wins, the discussion is going to be, is it them or Alabama? And the argument that Ohio State made last year in favor of them, despite not winning their conference, is the exact argument that Alabama is going to make and is going to use now against Ohio State. So if Ohio State wins, it's going to come down to, is it them or Alabama? You're going to have a two-loss Big Ten champ in uh, Ohio State with one loss to an unranked team by 31, which is a terrible loss, and then a 15-point loss at home to Oklahoma. 
Now, that loss doesn't look as bad, especially if Oklahoma ends up being one of the top four teams. But then you have Alabama, who was the number one team in the country the entire year, who does not win their conference. And the committee has stressed that it's going to, you know, it's going to help your case and your argument if you win your conference. It's a big thing that they ask for. And, you know, Alabama they didn't is, win their division. Yeah, they didn't. They're not going to even be playing in this game. They're going to have one loss and they lost to a rival on the road who even when Auburn is like three and ten going into that game or three and nine, that's a game that you can't sleep on if you're Alabama. But everyone thought that this team was the best team all year. So what do you do with Alabama? And I think if Ohio State beats Wisconsin this week, I think the committee is going to be, you know, they're going to have to earn their money on this one. I think the worst thing that could happen to the committee is that everybody goes chalk and all the teams that are in win. I think then you're going to look at, okay, Oklahoma, right? They have a giant offense, 45.3 points per game. Their defense, though, sucks. They've allowed 31 points in more than in five or, or I'm sorry, in 31 or more points in five games. They have gave up 41 points to Baylor, 52 points to Oklahoma State, right? How could you, as a committee, when you're supposed to, you have, you said it helps your cause, right? But the committee's mm-hmm. purpose is to look at the teams objectively and say who's the best four teams based on what they've done. How could you sit there and say a team that gave up 52 points to Oklahoma State and 41 points to Baylor is better than Alabama? And I think that's when you start getting into the, like a little bit of a of a conundrum, and you could that's you could more. see them you could see them Oklahoma winning and getting out of the top four after, and instead Alabama gets in their place. So if you're looking at that, it's it's a little it's it's that's it's a tough call for the committee. So what I'll respond to that is. You have to also look at the conferences, right? The SEC is known for defenses. A lot of quarterbacks highly, you know, like you don't see Josh Rosens in the SEC. You don't see uh, Sam Darnold's. Why? Because you play all these elite defenses. Bro, you're not even named Baker Mayfield when we're talking about Oklahoma. He's the Heisman favorite. Well, yeah, he's winning it. He's like minus. You have to put $3,000 to win $100 on him. So it's basically a layup, as Joe would say. Yo, listen, if Baker Mayfield wins this game, right? He'll have more conference titles than conference losses in his career. And he'll probably be the greatest sooner ever to play in Norman. That's crazy. And he grabs his dick on the sideline, which makes me love him. Such and a I think, I think I they it, get in. I don't I think it. I don't agree with Tim. I don't think they can have uh, so, I don't think they're at risk of falling out even if they do lose. Because A, I think for the casual fan and the playoff gets a ton of pub now just because it's the playoff and it's rankings from what, a month and a half ago that you have to follow this thing. Yo, people want to see offense, and that's even in the NFL. You you go as a casual fan, you want to see points put up. That's why there's so many penalties, and that's why the game's so much tighter now because everyone wants offense, and Oklahoma does that, and they play exciting games and shootout games. They beat George. Uh, who are they playing? My bad. I'm slipping my I said Georgia. Who, who are they playing? Yeah, who, TCU. 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 They beat yeah. TCU in a shootout earlier this year. Uh, it's funny because Kenny Hill's the quarterback at TCU now. Legend. Manziel back up back in the day. Uh, took Manziel's place anyway, but uh, yo, I think I don't know. I Wait, think you think they can afford to lose? They nah, no, I, I'm, he's saying he's saying they'll get bumped out. Still get bumped. Oh no, 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 no shot. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that'll happen. Also, going back to what I was saying about the SEC, the Big Twelve, Oklahoma's conference, it's known for having a video game offenses. Like every team is putting up fifty points. Yeah, like points. you said, Baylor, Oklahoma State. You know, you always one of the big question marks coming uh, when the draft comes around. It's like, oh, Bryce Petty. He lit it up at Baylor, but, you know, it's that video game spread offense. Like, you know, um, a lot of their wideouts get taken, too, like Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon. Terrence Darryl. Williams played there, too. Yeah. Kendall Wright. But, yeah, I think that that's, that's going to be the biggest dilemma for them with uh, 
Ohio State and Alabama there. What about the fact that there's never been a college football playoff without Alabama in it? Nick Saban's the OG. They're they're known as the most dominant franchise program in college football. Like you don't think that telling them that they're not good enough is gonna fly? Well, I, you know you know what I mean. Yeah. So a, a lot of people are gonna say that you know when they played Florida State week one. Florida State was the number three team in the country. Now what we know about Florida State was it's one of the worst Florida State seasons of all time. Their yeah. quarterback also had yeah yeah the, quor- the quarterback got hurt, but Alabama dominated in that game. But like they have no impressive win. They played one team that was ranked in the top five. Well, obviously Florida State, but after now in Auburn, and dude, they got dominated. I don't know it's tough. I think the most interesting team playing this weekend is Wisconsin. Right, mm. talk about not playing good teams i mean you play the schedule you get and i read i was reading online i was doing my research that wisconsin was the favorite to get in the playoff since week one they also had their easier schedule. side yeah they had of, like yeah, yeah their yeah. schedule was like super easy. I, I didn't know that i thought that was crazy but they they finished they beat they didn't have to play anyone on the road right they played northwestern who was ranked at the time in the late 20s i think 23rd at home they played michigan where at home and this is their first true test i guess on the road or neutral site in ohio state and uh, but Wisconsin, they're good, and they're talking about Bama being a powerhouse. Wisconsin's one of the least talked about. I feel like sustained programs in the country. They're a powerhouse. They're always high up in the Big Ten. They put out pros, and this year, like no other, they're top ten in both defending the pass and the rush. So they built that program on defense, and it's been like that for years since like Jim Leonard was there. You know, back in the day, JJ Watt, obviously TJ Watt when he moved to defense, like all these guys, and they looked apart, and I think they could beat an Ohio State team that puts up points, right? So I think it's going to be a tight game, a low-scoring game, and I think Wisconsin will go into the playoff and show why they're an undefeated team. Let me ask you something. Do you think Clemson could lose and still be in? Hmm. That's so, interesting. So that would make them a two-loss team, but they did lose that game. This is when we talked about they lost a the game to Syracuse. So Balls is smirking over there. Oh, Without their starting quarterback, so that's why they're still there. They're currently ranked number he one. played a half. Well, who would be out? Because Miami would be take their spot because they would have won the ACC championship. I don't and think then, that puts Miami in, though. You don't think Miami's that? so far down, dude. They're seventh. They'd have to leapfrog Bama and Georgia. If you're speculating Georgia losing, then just Bama. What if it's a convincing win? What if Miami wins by two touchdowns? Do you put them in over Bama? You were making the case for Bama earlier. <sighs> So, this is how I see it: the winner of the SEC game, Auburn, Georgia, that's one spot, right? So let's go. Let's go by that. SEC game winner, they're in. I think the ACC winner, Miami or Clemson, they're in. So now we have two spots. If Oklahoma beats TCU, they're in. If yeah. Wisconsin beats Ohio State, Wisconsin's in. You can't leave a undefeated team that just won their conference out. Yeah, yeah they're in. So basically, if the top four teams win, I can't see how. They won't be. In no, there. they have to. It has to stay that way. But I just feel like with That's, Miami, if you beat the number one team, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, in the championship game. It's hard to say you don't deserve to be there. Because then you know you you look around some of these teams that have losses. They all have bad like the Syracuse loss. Hmm. Regardless, they were a twenty six point favorite. They lost that. Miami lost to Pittsburgh last week, seventeen point favorite. Like these teams all have bad losses, so I think that that's why I think that Ohio State could throw a wrench into all these plans. It'd be the first time that they'd have a two-loss team in the college football playoff, and then you have a team like Alabama, like you said, Tim. Alabama, it's you know 
casual fans know like, oh, Alabama is the best team in the country. Yeah. Best college team in like the last 10, 15 years. So that just throws a wrench. That's why I want I want to see chaos. And I think Ohio State beating Wisconsin is going to just chaos. I would love yeah. chaos. I would love chaos. Wait, and if Miami beats Clemson too, but if both those things happen, be a fucking shit show. If Miami wins and Ohio State wins, yeah. I don't know what the fuck it's is going be, on. Just toss some names up in the air and see what lands. You know what's crazy? I really don't give Miami much of a chance. To I mean, I mean, nah. they're you know, in the game. You gotta give you them know a who chance. Else is, well, <laughs> they're playing the game. Sure, that's the line. That's like the line you're giving me a literal. To, they're gonna be there. They have a chance. I was, to win, of I was about that. to get there. Do you? What do you think the point spread is on this game? If you know it, you could just say it. But what do you, I don't. I think ten. It is ten. Yeah. By the way, great number. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> they're they're a ten they're a ten point favorite. Clemson. Wisconsin no. is a six and a half point underdog. Auburn is a two point favorite over Georgia. Which Auburn. Last week, Karrion Johnson, their running back, had 160-plus yards and three touchdowns against Georgia. He was a big X factor for them. And he got hurt, if you guys were watching that Bama game. He got a handoff, and he's running, and he just, like, collapses and puts the ball on the ground. It's like one of those, like, similar to Santonio Holmes that time where he got hurt against the Niners, except this kid Johnson didn't throw it 30 yards into his end zone, like the direction of his end zone. (laughs) So I think that's that's a big... That's oh, a big huge. loss of them. And look, Georgia. He's day to day. He might play. There's a lot of teams this weekend that could avenge their one loss. Like Georgia could beat Auburn. They avenge their one loss. TCU beats Oklahoma. They avenge one of their two losses. But TCU also lost to Iowa State. In Iowa State, they had like four turnovers. It was just one of those sloppy, raining games where, you know, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt, Tim Barr. And then uh, I think Wisconsin, like you said, boss, I think they're the most disrespected, disrespected team remaining because yo they're undefeated there's a six and a half point underdog going into this game like no one everyone's just expecting ohio state also remember the year ohio state won the college football playoff 59 nothing they beat wisconsin to get into there yeah that class were, were all freshmen so the seniors on this team were on that wisconsin team that got just embarrassed on national television so i think this is gonna be a fun bar fight weekend it is do you think tcu has no shot they have a shot. It's a shootout type game, but I think Oklahoma is. No, no, no. I'm saying like if oh, they win, the playoff? nah, they're out. So yeah. doesn't that also play a factor in like Oklahoma? You think they got to just win. how 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 up can you play for? I mean, I guess you're playing against Baker Mayfield. No one fucking likes that guy. So what? What if Auburn loses? Does that soften the case for Alabama any? Or what if Auburn wins? That could even strengthen the case for Alabama. Yeah, but you, I doubt they'll have two SEC teams, especially if the rest of the games play out that way. Nothing would make me happier than to just see Alabama out. I agree. Yeah, just I think it also be playing one of the, the other bowls. Like yeah, just, like just, the, just the, the New Year's Eve. I want yeah, the Hicks to just go eight shit. shit. The New Year's Six or whatever it's called now. Yeah, the New Year's Six. Yeah, I would. Nothing would make me happier. Than I think it'd also that. be cool, man. To you know, yeah, give me new teams. Yeah. So, so who do you got in these four games? These big title games, with the big implications. So straight winners. I'm gonna go with Georgia. I think Georgia avenges their one loss to Auburn. I'm gonna go with Clemson. Great story for Miami. The U is back. I like the direction they're going in. I'm gonna go with Oklahoma, and then. I would like to see Ohio State make the college football playoff because, you know, Lamb got an investment on them. Uh, but I kind of also do think that Wisconsin is going to play the revenge card from a couple of years ago. Those guys are still on that team. They're being severely disrespected. No one's giving them a chance. And don't forget, these are college kids. They, they're they on social media and shit. They see it. Everyone's talking down on them. And I think that they'll, they'll be good to go in this game. So I got Georgia. I got Clemson. I got Oklahoma. And I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I think everything stays the same. 
right. I'm gonna go Clemson. Uh, pretty. Much, I'm gonna. I'm going chalk. I'm just gonna go chalk. Never mind. Fuck it. I'm going crazy. I'm gonna go Miami, Auburn, Wisconsin, Alabama. Two SEC teams. You know, they would love that shit, too, for ratings. Yeah, you get well, the Iron Bowl and the National Champion. Because you know they'd yeah. set it up where, like, they, they would only meet. They'll be 3-4. That's what it yeah. is. They'll be 3-4. Yeah. So. I'm going Clemson. I don't think really Miami has a shot. I know Mark Walton, their running back, went out earlier in the year. But now they lost uh, Amon Richards, right, their wide receiver, the top wide receiver. Well, second wide receiver next to um, Braxton Berrios, who's out of the slot. But he leads their team in receptions and yards. And they lost Chris Herndon earlier in the year. So they're without two of their top three wideouts. And uh, they have my guy Jeff Thomas, 5'10", little speed demon on the outside. Reminds me of Tyreek Hill. He's going to need to step up for them. And But that's too much of a loss going into a, a title game. Um, I think Clemson walks away with these. I even think they cover the 10 points. I got OU. Baker Mayfield is going to win the Heisman, cement his legacy, and get to the playoff for the second time. Uh, Auburn. Jake Fromm, if you look back at that game, had his worst – start as a freshman keep in mind he's a true freshman uh he went i think it was 13 of 28 for 167 yards so he had a horrible game i don't see him playing much better for 184 yards i'm sorry and george only ran for 46 yards on 32 carries so chubb and nick chubb and sony michelle need to play better if they're gonna have any chance and uh wisco i think they get it done with the defense in like a 17 14 type game i think all the teams that need to win win JT Barrett's supposed to play this weekend after he had or, surgery or like, on Sunday, by the way. Supposed to win. Are going to win. Did you hear about that? JT Barrett's yeah. going to play. Is he? Had, he? he had knee surgery on Sunday. Crazy. Jesus Christ. Insane. Fire him up. It's going to be a fun weekend. I can't wait to watch this Georgia Auburn game, by the way. Um, anyway, let's do some ACC spitball. <laughs> uh, yeah, Impy's going to do it because I got to pee. <laughs> The best event starts taking shape. Tomorrow or today, when you guys hear this episode, the World Cup drawing is being taken is taking place. Uh, we're going to know who each group is going to be. The group of death, the easiest group, every team's route to the Mundial. And uh, it's, to me, personal opinion, many share this. It's the best sporting event out there every four years. So I'm very excited. I'll be tuning in. And it's it's probably my favorite non sports day like there's no game going on you know what i mean but just like the event the drawing the draw is my favorite so yeah uh, check that out tomorrow the gray area mark tressman formerly of the bears remember he was supposed to be the head coach and bring that whole new offensive mind to the mm -hmm. bears never really worked out well he went back to the cfl and his toronto argonauts won the gray cup which is the super bowl of the cfl congratulations to mark tressman 38 year old quarterback ricky ray who formerly of the jets uh carried his team to a surprise championship after they finished nine and nine last season missing the playoffs he now has four great cup titles in the canadian football league so congratulations to the toronto argonauts the champs and they just had their uh parade uh today Shout out to Toronto, always and forever. Six. 218. Uh, UFC 218 this weekend, the rematch. Aldo Holloway 2 is the uh, main event. I'm most looking forward to Gaethje versus Eddie Alvarez, mm. the ultimate fighter. They host the ultimate fighter season, which is on Friday night. The women's 125. It's the first time ever for that belt. But they'll be fighting Saturday, so I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be violence. <laughs> I ain't know what losing is, B. 
So watching League Pass the other day, the Spurs were playing the Mavericks, and they put up this graphic. Since 1997, the San Antonio Spurs have spent how many days with a losing record? How many days do you think they've had a losing record? Since since they ain't no losing this B, I'm going to say zero. Since 1997. No, that's a little too extreme. But it is... 30 a month? No. Very close. What do you think, Tim? 20. What do you think? Ippy? 17. 20? 48 days with a losing record in 20 years. Crazy. So in a 20-year span, (laughs) they've been below 500 only for 48 days. To put that in perspective, the Mavericks are second with 771 days spent without a losing record. Wow. So that is uh, the Congo of franchises, especially in the NBA. I was blown away. Gone. Uh, AD and Davis and Bronny got their ejected for the first times uh, the last two nights. So rude awakening for those two. Pretty different seeing them getting tossed after, you know, they usually get to say whatever they want because they're superstars. Uh, find someone finally had enough and threw them out. Yo, AD lost it. Yeah, AD looked like he was going to throw hands at center court. Yeah. Did you see Ines Cantor post a picture of the ref circled him yeah, and then wrote King the of King Cleveland. of Cleveland? Ines Cantor and LeBron beefing hard. Last but not least, you play to win the job. Herm Edwards reportedly uh, won approval by the school president away from being hired as the next head coach of Arizona State University. I'll let Nick finish this one. I mean, fantastic women everywhere. <laughs> uh, he's doing it right. Fantastic <laughs> job opening. Fantastic, yeah. I mean, this, the, apply. the scenery is about phenomenal. Say, the scenery yeah, over there yeah. is a, I, I heard the pools are real nice. Yeah. Yo, Bobby Hurley, who coaches basketball there, now Herm Edwards. Two fucking legends. Legends. Like good or both legends? They're both good legends. Yeah, both good legends. Both good legends and have moments of bad Being legends. a legend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joe, you got a spitball? Yeah. You never, you never really spitball. He's spitting. Oh! For the first time oh, in what? VM history. What? We do got one today. He's balling. Fucking idiots. Someone fucked up. Everyone knows what's going down this Sunday. Eli Manning's not playing a game for the first time in God knows how many games. Nick, do you know off the top of your head? 200-something. I think it's 210, right? 210. Mm. The streak is over. They're benching him for Geno Smith. (laughs) This makes no fucking sense at all. As a Giants fan, me and Nick are just, we're, we're just confused. We're just talking to each other. We're like, what is this? What are we doing here? Ben McAdoo, j- just get the fuck out so I don't have to drag you out of the fucking town. Please, God, walk away on your own. Every We need to fire everybody. And listen, I know the season's like in the shitter. It's been in the shitter, whatever. But this is completely disrespectful to the two-time Super Bowl MVP brought this this franchise to two Super Bowls against Tom Brady, mm. the greatest of all time to most people, I would say. Beats him in two of these biggest games, and this is what you're going to do to him. You're going to bench him for fucking Geno. Like, it would be different. It would still suck, but it would be different if you're like, you know what, let's give Davis Webb a try and see what's going on moving forward. We'll see if we're going to go next year. Eli's get up there in age, I get it. Maybe we're drafting a quarterback this year. God, I hope we are. But not like this. Geno Smith, he's not even going to be on the team. Who's, who's, he's not going to be in the league. Jesus Christ. It's hard to argue it's not the best move long term. It's not. It's, it's so not hard to argue that I can argue. It, I can argue it right Boss, now. Boss, what is the what is Geno Smith is the long t- is a better 
option at quarterback than Eli? No, I'm talking about getting the QB replacement going forward in the draft this year by losing playing Geno Smith. We've been doing that just fine. So why do you want to subject Eli Manning to those hits and all that stuff? He's playing shitty. He's not. He's but not yo, playing you, all well. I understand it's not his fault. Like he's the last person on the list, but it's different. If you want to move forward, but it's it, dude. It's just it's disrespectful. Like to bench this guy who's been there every single fucking game, took every fucking snap, and it's just like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. I think I think the problem is the way it was gone about, right? Like I agree. You got Eli Manning, who's gonna have a a giant statue outside of that stadium one day. He's the reason why you ha- have you why you handed Tom Brady his only two Super Bowl losses ever. And you do him dirty like this, you just tell him on Tuesday, like, yo, we're going with the other guy. Like, why not bring him in bring him in and be like, all right, Eli, so listen, you're not a part of our future. Uh obviously. We're two and nine right now and you know we we got we're 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 on the way to the future and you're old and we're gonna move on. I think Eli is a respectable person where he understands that. So why not tell him? Why not be like, all right, so how are we going to go about this? Or if you're going to tell him, tell him that way. But how about just not telling him? How about you go, you put him out there for the first half, he does what he does, right? And then you make the switch. I think that's worse. At, at halftime, just say, yo, what because if, of poor play. What if they're up like 10, 20, 14 points? You're then, then you don't. Then you don't make the switch. The, the whole point of this is that Eli Manning has been playing bad. and He, he hasn't been playing that bad. All of his weapons are gone. Yeah, like, I know. They started the season with... Odell Beckham, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Brandon Marshall, and now they're throwing to fucking Tavares King. King, you know, and mm. fucking Roger Lewis. So you're throwing to these two guys now, and it's like you. There's no there, and now Gino. By the way, he, Gino gets no, like no one is talking about Gino. Gino goes from throwing to Jeremy Curley as the number one receiver. He finally gets another chance. He's throwing to Tavares fucking King. Uh, Shepard's gonna play Ingram. Uh, I don't know, man. Yo, listen, Gino. Bro, Gino is not good. So yeah. I will trying to like resurrect. Listen, I will say say this for Gino. Last game he played, perfect quarterback rating, perfect. I, I will say this over the Congratulations. last. Congratulations. Just saying. He sucks. Just saying. I don't give a fuck. Just saying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's no argument to be made for Gino being the starter. Yeah, enough, dude. Jesus Christ. I'm just. You know, at this, this point, you're not supposed to tank. And I know as fans we want them to tank, but you're a professional franchise. Oh, you you're play not to win every to game. Yeah, 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 you're not supposed to do that. So that's not what's in their heads. They can't be saying, "Yeah, we're gonna take Eli because we want to lose." That can't be it. As fans, we want that. We want that to be the reason. Yeah, we're taking him out so that we can lose these games. Put this fucking moron in. But that's not what's happening. You're taking him out. I don't even. I don't. I don't get. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. It's just, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. You know, last couple of years, uh, for me personally, I've had a lot of streaks come to to an end. You know, we have the streak for Eli Manning. This just ended. Uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania had the nice streak going. That ended. Uh, USA was always in the World Cup, something I didn't expect I wouldn't see. That ended also. Uh, I think the big outrage is that they went to Geno Smith and not to Davis Webb. Me personally. Would it still upset me like you said, Joe? Absolutely. I'd be upset, but I'd understand it. I invested a third-round pick in this guy, and let me see what I got here. Let him play four games, start, and see. And look, they said that he's going to get a chance, but, dude, you know what Geno Smith is. Us as New Yorkers know what Geno Smith is because if you didn't have red zone and you lived in New York, you would watch both games. The Giants played at one, Jets played at four, or vice versa. Switch it up. So you got to see him. And look. Did he get the shit end of the stick, Tim, where he had Jeremy Curley 
and like uh, uh, yeah, uh, Clyde Clive Gates or whatever his name was as his number one and two receiver. Good bar, by the way. I completely forgot about. Yeah, him. I forgot about. Him Rightfully so, though. Too no disrespect to him, but and his name is Clyde, not Clive. Clive, right. Clive. I don't Clive. think Clive. Seagates. C- C- See, we'll go with Seagates. <laughs> but it's like, come on, dude. We know what you are. You you never you never really progress as a quarterback, and we got to see it every week. And if they would have went to Davis Wood, it wouldn't have be as much. There wouldn't have been as much outrage. Where I lost my mind is when Ben McAdoo came out. Who, by the way, the moment this guy became the head coach, who was the number one guy he had beef with? Odell. Why Odell? Because Odell's personality is, nah, no, no, no. You're not going to tell me what to do. Like, he's an alpha dog. He's a guy that he he pushes back on comments. He bumped heads with Coughlin in the beginning until Coughlin said, you know what? I have to understand. This kid's 21 years old. I'm 68. How can I relate to him? Eli had to adjust too. Like, yo, this kid, I was throwing to him at my uh, at the Manning Passing Academy in Louisiana when he was 12 years old. And now he's on my team and he has this big personality. So it took time to adjust. But Ben McAdoo right away was like, oh, this kid is, he's partying with Drake. He's chilling with celebrities. Where's his mind at? And then o- Odell comes out and he just lights it up week in, week out when he's healthy. And every chance that he got, he would throw his players under the bus. Uh, Janoris Jenkins got benched. Eli Manning. Every every time something goes wrong with Ben, they can't manage the clock. It's Eli's fault. He doesn't audible into something. It's Eli's fault. In the red zone this year, by the way, Eli Manning has the highest uh, red zone efficiency of any quarterback in the NFL. So Ben McAdoo just throws his guys under the bus. And I think that what the Giants are doing is, look, snap reaction right away. And that's why I didn't really comment on anything was, Outrage, but once I gathered information, I took your approach, boss. Like this is great for them going forward. What was I telling you and Tim and Ippy? You guys are Jet fans. I'm like, yo, if there's ever a year to be bad, this is the year. There's like four quarterbacks. There's a free agent in Kirk Cousins and Garoppolo who you could get your hands on. This is the perfect year to shit the bed. It turned out I didn't have high expectations for the Giants. I didn't think they would be a playoff team. I didn't think it'd be this bad where they'd be in the top three. But now, once they lost to Philly. In week three, they were 0-3. I'm like, yo, lose out. Give me Rosen. Set me up for the next decade. Because you look at the NFC East, you look at the NFC also, a lot of good young quarterbacks. You got two in your division you got to compete with for the next 15 years. Three of Cousins stays. Three of Cousins stays. So I'm all for it. I didn't. I did not like how they handled it. And when McAdoo comes out and says that Geno Smith gives us our best chance to win, come on, dog. Yeah, Don't insult going? me as a fan, man. I've watched every yeah. snap that this guy has taken my entire life twice because i until now and until like last month i watched giants rewind and i fast forward the giant games so like i'm very i think am i a homer am i a fanboy yeah but i also think i'm very honest with my team's expectations and i've always said that i think i know this team better than anyone knows this team because of how invested i am in them so you can't come on and tell me that geno smith gives them a better chance to win that's That's bullshit it's like throwing water over your head and saying it's raining yeah (laughs) swear to god and I wish, I wish they would have cut him. I wish they would have cut Eli. Because you know who would have picked up the phone? AOE, come down to Jacksonville, baby. Tommy! Oh, yeah. Tom got you. I'll do anything for that to happen. Well, Nick, you... you I will switch my fucking... <laughs> I think he ends up there. I think he ends up there next year. Yeah, I was going to Eli say, Manning's on the books for $23 million. After what just happened now, they're not going to re-sign him. He'll get released. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks in the past move on. Joe Montana ended up going to Kansas City. Brett Favre left Minnesota. Uh, sorry, Brett Favre left to go to Minnesota. Peyton Manning left the Colts, went to Denver. I think right now, physically, Peyton Manning had four neck surgeries, right? Eli Manning, I think, physically is better than what Peyton Manning was the last year he won the Super Bowl. Dude, he got benched for Brock Osweiler, too. People forget that. Yeah. You know, because he wasn't playing well. 
I think Eli Manning with that defense, if you have him, just be a game manager. And he got weapons too, dude. D.D. Westbrook, I'm D.D. Westbrook's number one fan. If you've heard me talk this guy up, D.D., uh, uh, Keenan Cole or Keelan Cole out of the slot. He's been pretty efficient. Allen Hearns, I don't know what's happened to him, but Marquise okay. Lee has emerged as a number one receiver. Allen Robinson, your boy, he's going to come back. The offensive line is not bad. Now he'll finally have a running game, too. I was going to say that does wonders for Fournette if you put Eli back there. Yo, doesn't it? Isn't it a little scary how much it kind of resembles the situation that uh, what's it, Peyton Manning was yeah. in after the Colts? Like the Colts forced him out. He didn't want to leave. He was, it was like an emotional breakup. They were a little more respectful about it and oh, everything. Of course. And but, also with them, you can understand because they had gotten the first round pick. Right. I think that they're going to draft the quarterback. The Giants yeah. are going to draft the quarterback. I think that's that's evident. And then he's going to a team with a number one defense that everyone, the kind of consensus is they're a, a quarterback away from being a real squad. And, and you're not even talking about like Aaron Rodgers. You know, I made the case for Phillip Rivers in the beginning. Remember, we, we played that game. Like, yo, if you could put one trade together, you know, a guy like that down there, dude, I think it would work wonders. I'm I'm with you. I think that go join Coughlin and go get that ring. Tell the Giants go fuck Man, I'm I'm really gonna be a fucking Jacksonville fan next year. It's crazy. It's wild. Um anyway, let's move forward before I have a fucking aneurysm. Uh let's do the games of the week here. We got three games. Three ah! good games for the first time in a long time. These are three really good games. Three good games. Uh first one we got Vikings at Falcons. I know there's gonna be some uh difference of opinion here because nick's a big falcons guy right now and tim loves his vikings and i and i hate my falcons he hates his falcons can i can i uh can i start this one yeah good all right all right stop no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) everyone says that the falcons are all of a sudden they're back they've won four or five right but here's what i'm asking have the falcons won four or five or have the falcons taken advantage of some circumstances let's Talk about the circumstances, right? They just escaped the Jets, Jets by a thread. They got the Cowboys on their first week without Zeke, without Smith, without Lee. Their three best players, without a doubt, all out. They beat the Seahawks with no Sherman and no Chancellor, and they just beat them, and it was a questionable time management decision by Pete Carroll. Then they needed a nuclear Julio game and trick plays to beat the Buccaneers, one of the worst teams in the league, right? And they turned the ball over late in the fourth quarter, and the Bucks had the ball down six, and couldn't convert. But the Bucks were in position to win at the end of that game. There's no excuses in this one. The Vikings are healthy. They're on a roll. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They have one of the better rushing attacks in the league. They have a QB that's hot as balls in the desert right now. Mm. Can the Falcons prove that they're actually a contender and not someone who just happens to have some luck? Can they do that? If they can defend their home turf against one of the toughest defenses in the league, then I will start believing in the Falcons. I don't believe they will. I believe that this is a. I do believe though that this is a must game for them. They end the year with four straight division games: two against the Saints, one against the Panthers, and the the Bucks, which should be an easy win. So they could find themselves out of contention if they lose this game, and then they have to be in dog fights three out of the last four games. Uh, I think the Falcons don't win this one. I think that they uh, they shit the bed. I, I really do, and I think that you're going to see that this team is. A circumstantial team. I asked you guys on the recap because I could not attend. I just asked for one request. If I could get a Julio! <laughs> Barring you guys failed me. Yeah, I missed that. All right. The reason why is because I went full exposure on Julio, and it was a great, great Sunday. And he went full exposure was it marvelous? on everybody else with his Congo. It was marvelous, but it wasn't glorious. Not yeah. yet. Glorious is coming. Uh, Tim, you love to argue that they don't have any statement wins or situations. 
but you are grabbing onto shoulders and riding the saints. <laughs> I am. And how about them in their situations? They ran into Brett Hundley. They played Carolina before they got going. I think it's the it's the it's the nature of their victories. They're blowing out the teams that they're much better than, and they're playing teams close. And they they just lost with their two corners out on the road against one of the best teams in the NFC. So I I that's the difference to me. Statement okay. wins. Fair enough. I I think that this game it's uh I like Atlanta here. I like the spot that they're in. Um, if you've noticed something with Dan Quinn, he comes from that Seahawks mold where he's actually tried to build his team like the Seahawks. Uh, the Falcons' corners play sides, so what that means is they don't they don't travel. And um, with the defense playing pretty much straightforward, I remember listening to Richard Sherman after they beat the Broncos in the playoffs, in, in the Super Bowl, and Dan Quinn was a, the defensive coordinator at the time. He said how, you know, how did you guys game plan uh, against Denver and their high-powered offense? 55, 56 touchdowns Peyton Manning scored. There was like, Four different guys scored double-digit touchdowns. He's like, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't disguise. What you saw, you got. Like, we played a basic defense. And they tried to do that. And they, you know, they higher man coverage than any other team in the NFL, the Falcons run. But their guys don't travel. And my biggest X factor in this game is, depending on the status of Trufant, who got smoked by his own teammate. And, yo, those hits are crazy. When the guy makes the tackle and then his teammate comes in to clean out and he just pops him mm. too. Trufant was seeing stars yeah. over there. It was yeah. one of the, when you saw his face, it was one of those the lights are on but no one's home kind of hits. And I think if Diggs doesn't get doesn't get shadowed, he's healthy for the first time all year. Back to back weeks, he's not on the injury report. I think that he's in line for a big game. And then you look at uh, thick tip Thielen going up against uh, Brian Poole, who's allowed eighty one percent completion rate. Second most receptions in the NFL and the second most yards after catch to slot wide receivers. And he's the guy that draws the slot coverage for the Falcons. So you got two mismatches over there on the outside for for uh, the the Vikings. Poole's also dinged up with a back injury too. So he's questionable along with Trufant going to this game. But my most intriguing matchup of this matchup, micro microcosmic, is that the word? Microcosm. Is, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh... Xavier Rhodes on Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. I got that, too, here. Uh, Julio Jones went for 250 last week, but Xavier Rhodes is like, yeah, you know, bring him on. You know, I'm not into the hype. That's what he said and quoted. He's not into the hype. He don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey. He's just there to play. So, Xavier Rhodes this season and last season has cemented himself as one of the top cornerbacks in the league. And I think it's a true test going against arguably the best wide on the league in Julio Jones. And look, last time we saw Rhodes, he got cooked by Marvin. So, I'm gonna, let me tell you. Just to back up what you said, right? He did get cooked by Marvin, but he's coming off an injury. This is his first healthy game back. So I think you have to, you have to, with a little grain of salt, right? Look, Rhodes has shut down Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, many others this season. It's been well documented. The last time he matched up with Julio Jones, he held Julio Jones for five catches for 57 yards. That was, two, that was three years ago, though. In the 33 games since that matchup, only two wide receivers have gone for over 100 yards against the Vikings. Jordy Nelson and, mad randomly, Michael Floyd. Uh, what the hell? If Julio gets better for this matchup, I mean, if, if I'm sorry, if Xavier Rhodes is still hurt and he plays that way and Julio can get the better of him, that's the only way I see the Falcons having a shot here. If Julio Jones becomes the third wide receiver with 100 yards, I think that... I think that's the only way. I really do. I think that Xavier. I, I think that's how important that matchup is. I think Steve Sarkeesian finally figured it out. 
I need to get this guy the ball. Four straight games with double-digit targets. And, you know, I feel like stats are sometimes misleading. And the Vikings, if you look at any, like, fantasy chart, they've surrendered the eighth most catches to wide receivers and tenth most to yards. And now you get a guy who just caught double-digit passes last week, 250 yards. Um, but, you know, it doesn't account. Those stats don't account for Minnesota plays up a lot. They've had a lot of big leads this year. And their defense, when you're playing, when you're up 35-3, to three, your mindset is, yo, let me just not get hurt and let's move on to the next week. So who cares if you get those garbage touchdowns? I actually ranted about the Ravens. They scored that garbage touchdown to Chris Matthews that week. Ray, uh, Vikings D had like 15 points in fantasy. They gets knocked down to eight because of that touchdown. But they were playing prevent. So those stats are kind of misleading. But I think, like you said, Tim, if yo, Rhodes, I get the vibe from him that sometimes he just he takes like one one game a year. He just takes a, the day off. Uh-huh. And you saw that on Thanksgiving. Marvin but, oh, Jones is also the truth, man. I, I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Marvin Jones. So was Impy last year dangling him for like, yo, Marvin Jones for AB. Come on, son. He's the number one receiver. <laughs> yo, Marvin Ranking. Jones was the highest, highest like touted free agent that year that he signed with the Lions. And that was the year they let Calvin, well, Calvin Johnson walked away. So Marvin Jones could ball, man. And he could sing. <laughs> yeah. You like his pipes. Hey. <laughs> Said that. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Who you guys got? Who you guys got Freeman me? back from injury too. No one touched on that. He should be balling. Is that an upgrade or a downgrade? Uh, it depends. I mean, Tevin Coleman, what he missed two games and he had 140 plus and three touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, I kind of like what Tevin Coleman's been doing. I kind of like Tevin Coleman last year, two years ago, when he got hurt against the Giants. He was balling then too. It was his job at the time, and I don't know. I don't think I think Tevin Coleman might be the better back of the two. Ah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't I know think about so. all that. And he's he catches the. I I think Tevin Coleman does more. I don't know I take Tevin Coleman over Devontae Freeman. I just don't know if Steve Sarkeesian has mastered the dual back system yet. I can't believe those two are on the same team still. I mean, there's been a lot of good duels like that throughout history. Do you remember you remember when Lamont Jordan backed up Curtis Martin? Yes. Wow. That was that was the first taste I ever got of Bro, a LT, really good LT and Michael Turner. Yeah. That was a Yo, Michael Turner was That was like a killer tandem. Good. Yeah. Ready for this one? They won a Super Bowl. Joseph Adai and Dominic Rhodes. One two punch. Jesus. Yeah. We're all back now. Uh, hold on. Chris Davis and Deshaun Foster. Yeah. Earth yeah, Panthers. from the Panthers, Panthers, the Panther running backs when they went to the Super Bowl. Then Earth, Wind, and Fire on the Giants, three running backs. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Bradshaw, Tiki Breakups, and Ward. Breakups. Oh, breakups. <laughs> what about Thunder and Lightning, Tiki and Ron Dane. <laughs> Ron, oh, Ron Dane. <laughs> Heisman winner, Ron Dane. Yeah, but but yo, you do you do see that with a lot of running backs. Yo, I could spend all day just. Like calling out random old names of sports guys. Yo, one that. time at his house a couple years ago, at his mom's house, uh, Dominic and I named the worst quarterbacks we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> just yo, like lame yo, guys. Yo, for like 45 minutes, it was incredible. Like, Trent Edwards, J.P. Lossman, back-to-back Bills quarterbacks, by the way. So they've been through Lossman. a lot. Tyler Thigpen. Thigpen. <laughs> That's a fun Thin, game. Thin Bro- Brooks Bollinger. Every once in a while, my friends and I break into like uh, who can name the craziest random old baseball player game and we all just go crazy we have we have a, a Mets fan chat there's like eight of us nine of us we we go nuts we go nuts in that thing it's like three straight hours of just Jermaine Allensworth Jorge Toka Joe McEwing was the baller though Joe McEwing's about to get a managerial Yo, job Chris Chris Woodward's about to get a managerial Chris job Woodward shout too. out Chris Woodward shout out some Tioshi Shinjo <laughs> with the fucking hop step after he catches it <laughs> um, alright 
Uh, let's move to the next game here. We got the Panthers at the Saints. Tim Saints. This is going to be a good one. I'm assuming he's taking the Saints. I like that they pushed this game to 425. So now you got the way we have these games of the week set up. You got a game at 1 o'clock. You got a game at 425. And you got a game primetime. I think I think all of you guys, I don't want to speak for you, but I think that our entire breakdown of this game depends on the two corners for the Saints. It has to. How could it yeah. not? You know, they've been so good. And Marshawn Lattimore practiced Wednesday, but they didn't say he didn't practice today. What they say was he wasn't seen at Thursday's practice, according mm-hmm. to Roto World. That's scary. But they do say Ken Crowley is on the mend. So if Crowley's on the mend, that's at least one guy. But Marshawn Lattimore is the guy that makes that thing tick. And it's it's going to it's gonna really come down to him because Cam, look, he has got an injured thumb. Like, he, he's officially questionable. He's going to play, but... He looked really fucking bad against the Jets. 11 for 28. That shit is unacceptable. And he's going up against that cornerback combo, right, if they play. He, Cam does get up for big games, but he's going to have to really play well to beat the Saints team. And he's already having a little war of words with Cam Jordan. They, them and they're going back and forth with their fashion advice and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, this is going to be a good test for the Saints, too. Like, uh, I'm not picking this game. I'm staying away from this game. Because for the Saints, they're third at rushing in the league. The Panthers on the other side are third at defending the run. This is that classic, like, what if a immovable object rams into a immovable... No. What if an unstoppable force rams into an immovable object, right? That's what you're looking at here. So one of these elite units is going to be beat. Which one is it going to be? And whoever... I think whoever wins that matchup of the running game is going to be the winner of this game. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. The Saints won eight in a row, and they're playing for first place this week. Yeah. So I showed you just how good the division uh, has been, even though they lost last week. Uh, like Tim said, the cornerbacks, you know, that hinges every that changes everything. I mean, Cooper Cup went for one sixteen last week. Sammy Watkins went for eighty two. Uh, Fun just comes into town. I think Christian McCaffrey could even you'll see him line up outside. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see with the DBs. But uh, this is a game for first place, man. Like Nixon, I'm happy it's got flexed to four twenty five. The country should be watching this game. With two top NFC teams playing. Let me ask you guys a question. Because I need help. Ingram or Kamara? So here's the thing with, with Kamara that worries me if I'm a fantasy player. right? According to Pro Football Focus, Alvin Kamara saw only five carries and six targets in Week 12. 35 different running backs had as many or more opportunities than Kamara did that week. Yet Kamara led those running backs in, in yards with 188 total yards and two touchdowns. So the amount of of production he's getting for the amount of touches that he has is mind-boggling. And you, when you this guy can't be tackled, it seems. Yeah, but but now you're going against a defense that really is does well against the run. Not they're kind of mid-range against the pass out of the backfield. So Kamara's more attractive in that sense. I, I think Keekley is when Keekley's on the field. I think you touched on that with the, when you referenced R.J. Bell. Keekley's on the field. They're oh, that actually was, that was Sean Lee. Sean Lee, but Keekley's up there too. They have yeah. the splits with Keekley in the lineup and out. Are it's it's crazy. You're talking about a team that's in the top three, and then they drop to the the low twenties when he's not in there. And you know, you got uh, Shaq Thompson, you got Thomas Davis, and you got Luke Keekley, guys that could cover running backs out the backfield. The reason why I ask this is because can he sustain that? Like he got he broke that 74 yard run last week against the Rams, right? And we saw Kareem Hunt early in the year. Those three first three, four weeks were like, yo, is this the greatest running back we've ever seen? Because he was breaking off 60, 70, 80-yard runs or catches even. 
But it's like, yo, when you're getting that kind of workload, like Tim said, I think it was 11 total touches he he mentioned, like, you can't sustain that. And I think that this could be a game where I think Mark Ingram becomes the bell cow. Because don't forget, this is a smash mouth defense, and Mark Ingram physically is a bigger running back. Kamara's more of the shifty, flashy running back where uh, Ingram could, you know, get 25 carries. And I think that you see the... The Saints try to establish the ground game with Ingram more so than Kamara. I will say that, like, I understand that you're you're concerned with like his, you know, breaking off big runs and is that sustainable and stuff. But for a guy that's not getting the ball like that much, he's making the most of it. You know what I mean? So it's like you can only expect that if you give this guy the ball more or if he has more opportunity. I mean. You have Mark Ingram back there, and what they have in, in New Orleans is like working perfectly. But if he was on a different team and it was just him, I feel like he would be a legit back. And before the season's, I mean, in the beginning of the season, we're like, oh, this guy's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. But then we're giving him the ball between the tackles. He's like, he also can do this. Like, he's also like good in this sense, too. And even though he's a smaller dude, he just, I mean, dude, he's getting the job done. I mean, you can't help but feel like. You know, and I think that they love him there too. Like they are gonna get him the ball no matter what. Like they want to put the ball in his hands. He's a he's a fucking playmaker. You want to get this guy the ball, give him a chance in open field, and we see what we could do what he can do. So I mean, I I like Kamara, uh, but I mean I like both of them. I think they're both kind of. If you're talking about like for fantasy, I think like I'm cool with either one of them starting. It's hard not to. They're the number two and number three running back in fantasy. I was gonna say I'm I'm I'm, I'm I'm I'd rather have one of them than a lot of running backs. Yeah. In my lineup, but you had both of them. I, I did have both of them. Gotta start. Bo- gotta start both. Had to had to move them though. I did start both, but I had to move one of them. Yo, what do you guys think about Drew Brees? Just just like even this game and going forward, can he still be a guy that could go out there and throw 400 yards and four touchdowns? Because I've been waiting for Brees to just light it up. I just don't think he has to anymore with those two backs. Exactly yeah. what I was going to And that defense say. being a lot better. And yeah. this could be a game that you're, you're talking about a defense that could stop the run. This could be the game where Drew Brees is like, I got this. I, I still got it. I think the, the matchup that I'm watching is Michael Thomas versus that pet, uh, Ray, Bradbury. I forget, I forget his first name. Ray? Not Ray Bradbury. I'm not sure. Yeah, Bradbury, and he's the number one receiver. He, it really, it's against the Pac- Panthers secondary because they don't shadow, right? Michael Thomas is going to be the X factor here because if Michael Thomas can be Michael Thomas and really beat this, the people who are not as good as him, like he should be beating them, I think James Bradbury. Thank you. I was going to so, say Josh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ray, who's Ray Bradbury? Yeah, there you go. Fahrenheit 451 author. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. that's, where my, that's where my mind author. is. Author? Who reads? Who knows authors? Uh, I read JK, books? I actually, I actually read books. I get made fun <laughs> of. Yeah. I'm trying to better myself. I get made fun <laughs> I of. I get made fun of. For this was four years ago. He hasn't read a book since. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep neck. Michael Thomas <laughs> has to go fucking Fahrenheit 451 all over that ass and burn him. Wow. Michael Thomas had a good game uh, when they played in week three. On the road, too. It was, uh, I think he had two touchdowns that week. Man, I'm, I'm talking myself into picking the Saints. I, I'm i with Boston this, though. I think Drew Brees, like, we're seeing a quote-unquote down year from him. But I think it's because... The run game has been established since the beginning of the year. They, those two in the backfield have been doing wonders for them, and it's been working, and if it's not broke, don't fix it. You have Michael Thomas, uh, who, again, is another guy that he had a monster year the year before, um, and then now he's like, he's still doing well, but, you know, whatever. But I think Drew Brees, when called upon, if he needs to, if the run game is not there, he's still Drew Brees. He's still got weapons. I think he could sling the rock. I mean, he's... 
you know, he's got 3,000 yards. He's only turned the ball over five times. So, I mean, I, I, I like the Saints. I like the Saints in this game. Hmm. Um, okay. And the last one we have here is the Eagles at the Seahawks. Should be an interesting one. Doozy? Depending on how what you mean by that. <laughs> uh, I would also like to ask you guys a question. Okay. I asked Impy this question when we did uh, Degeneration Bets, another cheap plug. Uh, who's the better quarterback in this game? Russell. I mean, I mean, just playing right now. Russell Wilson. This year? Yeah, just r- right now. I go with. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Relax. Let, let's let's take it. Let's take a second. Let's calm down, everyone. Russell Wilson. Wilson is a. Super Bowl winning quarterback. You said this year, so it has nothing to do with this it, year. Of course, that has something to do with this year. What does that, that have to do with Pedigree this Pedigree doesn't have anything to do with anything? This year. If I'm, nah, taking, I'm, ta- I'm talking I, about if this I'm this hiring year. someone from a job. Bro, but that's looking at a career resume. Yeah. He's All right, about fine. This year, How about a guy that's, about that's, that's responsible for almost 80% of his team's offense? How about that guy? How about a guy who's playing behind a team? Uh, I mean, uh, running for his life. Can't mm. from this terrible offensive line a guy that leads his team in rushing as well like this guy does everything he is one of the most underrated players in probably the history of the world i love russell wilson i think he's the mvp of the year i think that i think that anyone under consideration for mvp besides russell wilson is just because russell wilson is taken for granted now wentz deserves consideration but for what russell wilson is doing this year i don't think we've ever seen any time where one player is this responsible for a team's success. Yeah, he's leading the team in rushing and passing. He, <laughs> Through week 13 is pretty crazy. He's the offense. He's the And yeah. I have him in fantasy, so I watch it happen every week, and I'm just like, yep, 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 yep. Every st- every snap, this guy's fantasy points go up to hey, 0.5. And, hey, yo, tell, tell me not, though. Doesn't he get going always in, oh, in the second half? Always. He's a second-half guy. That's, what's, that's even better. I've rostered him so many times in DFS, and, like, I check at halftime. Six points. I'm like, oh my god, oh, he's about to shit the bed, and then he ends up with like thirty, thirty-three. Yeah. yeah, that's what he does, and like, he's doing it all on the run, running for his life. He's doing it all with weapons that, although are decent, are not top in the NFL. Like you have to say that he, those weapons out. Doug Baldwin, yes, is good, but he's a slot receiver. Jimmy Graham is a really good red zone piece. You know, Jimmy Graham has double the amount of red zone targets as anyone else in the league. He's become wow. their goal line. Back there, anytime they're inside the five yard line, first and goal, they're throwing a fade. Every time that I've watched the Seahawks, that's exactly what they do. I traded Jimmy Graham earlier for Carson Wentz. It's hard not to love Carson Wentz, but I traded him right before he became this beast. I'm really mad about it. But J- Jimmy Graham, uh, he's that's a good weapon. But outside of those two, you know, Paul Richardson had that one good game. Uh, Lockett goes for big games every once in a while. You know, he's the guy. Wilson's the guy. Mm-hmm. I spent way too long on that. But he's one of the reasons why I, I like Seattle in this game if they can get it together. I don't. I'm not going to pick Seattle by any means because I, I think Philadelphia is really on a on a world class role right now. I think the key matchup in this game, if I'm looking at it, is that slot matchup where you have um, Patrick Robinson, who's been one of the best cornerbacks in the league this year against Doug Baldwin. I think whoever wins that matchup is going to be the the catalyst for their team winning the game. I, I think that people might not be aware how good of a season Carson Wentz is having. So, uh, does the name Sid Luckman ring a bell to anyone? He's got to be from like the fifties. Yeah, he's so he holds the all-time NFL record for career touchdown percentage. What that means is percentage of throws that went for a touchdown at seven point nine. Up until now, Carson Wentz has a touchdown percentage of eleven. 
seven point nine. Mm. So the season, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that would be a one every ten throws. That'd be an odd be thing impressive. to mention. So <laughs> Wentz is posting touchdowns at a all time rate. Um, Aaron Rodgers has the highest career touchdown percentage of this era, six point four, and then next up is Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, Tim, at five point six. So for those of you that might just be seeing how many, you know, he has. I think it's 29 touchdowns. Carson Wentz has. It's close to 30. I think he's even over 30 at this point. But, uh, yeah, he's doing 28. He has 28 Carson At at such an efficient rate, too. And you want to talk about weapons. This guy got weapons, too. You got three running backs in the backfield that all produce. You have Ertz, who this year I think is playing the best tight end. Playing the tight tight end position. No one's playing it better than him. And uh, Alshon Jeffries, he's red hot right now. He scored a touchdown in four straight games. Torrey Smith. Um, he's he's doing enough as far as what they're asking him to do. He's stretching the field. He's catching those clutch third down plays. And then Nelson Aguilar has he's had a, a a coming out party for him too. But I think that this game it's going to come down to the quarterbacks once again. Look, Seattle's a very tough place to play in, and they they don't lose games on prime time, and they just they're coming off a loss on prime time against the Falcons. Just to put this in perspective. They, the advanced line of this game, Seattle was an eight-point favorite. Now the Eagles are a six-point favorite. What does that tell you? The Eagles are coming off four consecutive games of twenty-point victories, so they're blowing teams out, and people are loving it. They're also nine and two against the spread, so a lot of people are loving them. And what do we say about teams? What do we say about teams? Good teams win. Bad te- great teams cover. So <laughs> that, I, I think that. The Seahawks are being severely slept on here. I'm really worried about the loss of two out of the three Legion of Boom. Uh, look, since they went out, you got a loss to the Redskins at home. You got a, they squeaked out a victory against the Cardinals. They lost to the Falcons in a game where they should have won. Uh, they squeaked out a victory against the 49ers, and you know when you beat the 49ers by 11, that's squeaking out a victory against them. So they have not looked impressive since then, especially the defense. The game before that, even they gave up 38 points to Deshaun Watson. So it, that defense has to be the catalyst for for them because Russell Wilson, you know, he's only a human, so he can't be on the field for 40 minutes and expect to, to win that game. So they got to get on and off the field. The Eagles' running game is what I'm really interested in. Their running game has been really well. Carson Wentz has been getting all the attention, but in the last two games, he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in the air. And that's because he hasn't had to. He, the, the running game has been taken, has been really efficient. They have a four-headed monster in the backfield. And Doug Peterson knows how to use them all and keep them all happy, which is a very, very hard thing to do, especially when you got guys that have won Super Bowls like uh, LeGarrette Blunt and a guy who has been to a Pro Bowl like Jay Ajay. You know, you got guys like that. It's, it's hard to manage that. So uh, I think that running game is going to be the key to this game. Can the Eagles control the time of possession which they've been really good at for the last two years, controlling time of possession. Can they control it on the ground? I think that's going to be the difference. Eagles are the best first down running team. So that sets them up in second and fives, second and fours. So that lets your offense do a lot of things. And they they convert those third and longs, man. They've been, they, they have a habit of converting, converting those third and longs. And that's another thing you said, too. I mean, we talk about, you always talked about the Cowboys. Have, if they just control time of possession, then... They'll be fine when they had Zeke. Um, and with Philadelphia, when they have that many running backs that are efficient and you're running the ball, clock is going. 
And then if someone steps up, you got Carson Wentz throwing to all these weapons. So it's like that just I can't stress enough how how having how the fuck do they have four running backs is beyond me. Like you never get a break. And just beating a team down like that, always with a fresh running back. I mean, that's gonna do a lot for them, like in the coming weeks, especially like during playoffs and shit. Like it's gonna be big. I, I, I like the Eagles in this game. Let's, let's not forget as well the Eagles in their defensive line. I think that's something that you really have to that you really have to monitor. They they got a fucking bomb defensive line. They got Brandon Cla- Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, uh, Vinny Curry. These guys are stopping the run. They're getting to the the pass. They're getting to the uh, excuse me the quarterback. It's a tough line to look at, man. And I think that. Because Carson Wentz is taking all the credit again, uh, uh, the quarterback he gets too much blame and too much credit. I that we we say that all the time. Um, that defensive line has really played well. Bobby Wagner too might be the defensive player of the year, and he's really he's making up for the loss of those two guys. If he was on any other team but but Seattle, he'd be the best player on that defense because you got the Legion of Boom and they get all the attention. Right now he's he has a ninety eight point five grade on Pro Football Focus. That's impossible. Seriously, that's a, that's almost a perfect player crazy um all right well those are the games you guys want to get to the picks yeah yeah oh, i know i'm <laughs> i'm currently in last damn nick uh, is currently in um, last place 16 and 20 i'm gonna lead off because i'm gonna piggyback off uh that game we just broke down seattle plus six um i think everyone's overreacting to the eagles um I got to say that one day I think we're going to regret not taking advantage of betting on Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, especially at home. Uh, They convert 72% of the time against the spread, so I'm going to take that number. Seattle plus six, my underdog. Next up, another team that I think in a couple years we're going to regret not betting on, the New England Patriots, minus nine on the road against Buffalo. Last year I said my favorite play of the year was uh, the Patriots being a five and a half, six-point favorite on the road in Buffalo, if you remember. It was, I believe, the second game Brady came back from suspension. The Bills had beaten them 16-0 in Foxborough week four. I think it was the Brissett week. Your boy. It was. Yes, it, it was. And then uh, New England just came in, and you know, I think it was 28-6 to at halftime, and it was an easy cover. Um, so I'm, I'm going with the Patriots again. And then uh, I'm going with the Falcons. Falcons minus three getting hot. They're right where I want them to be going forward. So I got the Falcons minus three, Patriots minus nine, and Seattle plus six. Uh, and then we have Boss, 15, 18, and 3. I'm about to get 500 this week. Mm. Three straight wins. Uh, Rams minus 7 at the Cardinals. Rams coming off a great win against the Saints. Uh, showed the loss of Robert Woods. Didn't hinder them much. Coop Cup stepping up Coop big. Cup. So I think they'll be all right, and they'll cover the seven points against the NFC West team. I got the Raiders minus 9 against the Giants just because I've seen the Geno Smith story numerous times, and it never ends well for the Giants or whoever he's quarterbacking for. So give me the, the Rams. The J-E-T-E. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then underdog pick is the 49ers. Jimmy G. Homecoming yeah, game. He's from Chicago. Start. Yeah, plus three. Give me that. Second win? Second win for the Niners coming up. Uh, Tim, second place, 17, 18, and one. I'm coming for that. I'm coming for that 500 this week. I'm going the opposite of Nick. Nick, you want to go heads up on this one? Bro? What game? Going Vikings plus three at Atlanta. Yeah, why not? Vikings plus three at Atlanta is my pick. I feel like the Vikings are just the better team. I think Atlanta has been a fortunate, circumstantial team. I think the Vikings are going to expose them a little bit. I got the Pats minus nine at Buffalo, like Nick. Um, I just want to tell you guys how good Tom Brady is. In the past, 
You, it is said that you can beat Tom Brady by pressure, pressuring him, right? Well, Tom Brady has turned a weakness into a strength yet again. This season, Tom Brady currently leads all quarterbacks with a 106.6 passer rating when under pressure. This is 40.6 more than the league average and 18.1 more than the next closest quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. In fact, that's two point higher than the second highest passer rating in general. Yes, you heard correct. Tom Brady under pressure is better than anyone with a clean pocket mm. in the league. I'm taking the Patriots. And this one I was back and forth on, but I'm taking Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Uh, Big Ben in his career uh, against Pitts, against Cincinnati is uh, 20 and 7, including five straight wins. I am taking Pittsburgh. They're on a roll right now, and Cincinnati uh, just made Cleveland kind of look good. So I'm going with Pittsburgh. And I am in first, 2015 and one, good year. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the Saints. Mm. Uh, minus four and a half. Have, okay, here we go. I'm having a stroke. Uh, Saints minus four and a half against the Panthers. Cam is just too on and off for me. I don't really trust it. Saints at home are a good team. Oh, fuck it. I'll take them. I don't care. Um, if And if, if they're going to stop the run, I think Breeze is better than Cam. Um, and I'm also going to take the Steelers just because I hate the Bengals. And also, I'm going to take Jimmy. Getting three. That's the move this week. New team. New guy. Let's see what you got, Jim. You fucking threw four balls and everyone went ape shit. So let's see if you can do it for a whole game, bud. Also, the Bears are another team that's sort of like they're on and off for me. Like Jordan Howard one week will go off for 150 yards and then he'll have seven. I don't know how that's fucking possible, but you, you guys have a phenomenal trend backing you and Boss because you took the Niners too, right? Yep. Uh, John Fox as the head coach for the Chicago Bears in games he's been favorite at home, zero and six straight up, zero and six against the spread. Oh shit! And they're a favorite this week. Interesting. <laughs> it's Mitchell on Trubisky. Our side. Mitchell yep. Trubisky worst quarterback rating of any quarterback the last thirty years. Last week, <laughs> Jimmy they did not have a, they did not have a first down against the Eagles in the first half. That's bad. Uh yeah, so those are my picks, and that is our show. Okay, uh, boss, where can they find you? At Endovito twenty seven on Twitter and the Gram. Nick, LandVM ten Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at Degeneration Bet is Degeneration Bets sports betting gambling DFS Fridays coming at you plays and fades video. It's up. By the way, for those of you listening, uh, there's rumblings that Amari Cooper might miss this week, and he's featured in my play section. So, obviously, don't play Amari Cooper if he ends up not playing. Tim? Uh, at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Um, we got the Brodo Fantasy Forum uh, is the yearly fantasy podcast. Uh, we are going to be – we already went over every single player in every single matchup. Go check that out. At Brodo Fantasy is a Twitter handle for that. Also, uh, the Waiver Wave. Check that out, even though it's kind of old at this point. Check it out just to you know, support. Guys, reach me at IMPY2 underscores. You already know Twitter and Instagram. Keep sending me those tweets. We're going to get them to talk about some stuff. Uh, he'll, put, he'll put it in our ear. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Someone <laughs> tweeted at me and I put it in the group chat. That, that you did. So keep it coming. And we did it. Absolutely. Um, And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Sanigato. And go follow everyone at Veterans Minimum. Uh, the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And the Instagram, veter- Veterans underscore Minimum. And that is all. See you next time. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. Let's do it again. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.